0: Well, good evening. Um, Thank you. A few weeks ago, um, I had a student that came into my room and and asked if we could speak for a moment. And and as I offered to come in and and have a seat, I was thinking, here's a student that is doing very well in my class, well-respected, seemed to have everything together. And uh, as the tears started to well up in her eyes, she started to share with me um, the struggle she had with stress, anxiety, and depression. And as we continued to talk, she said the waves of depression had gotten to the point of thinking about death and, and suicide. She went on to tell me that she had been able to talk to her parents and her friends about her struggles over the last couple of years, but more recently had been keeping that inside. She didn't want to be a further burden to her parents or nor to her friends, so she was not only feeling very depressed, but very afraid, and very alone. So I reassured her that she wasn't alone, that I cared, and that there were others in the building that were willing to help out as well. She's now, thankfully, in a much better place. She's been able to talk to her parents. They understand what's going on. She's been given additional help as well, and she's in a good place, and we continue to check in. The statistics that you're gonna see up on the board show the extent of the problem that our teens have in coping with and struggling with the stress that they have and the anxiety and the depression that results from that. And so tonight I just want to briefly talk to you a little bit about where a typical teen is biologically, developmentally, and what are some of the four psychological risks that they face, but also what are four four helpful things that they can do to be to prevent uh, stress from getting into a place of despair? And then what can an individual teen do to better cope with stress? And then for us as adults in here, what can we do to better love and care for those teens? So studies show uh, functional, functional MRIs that our teens' brains are indeed very distinct. In fact, distinct from children and adults. We know if you're around teens, that they have a lot of passion and a lot of emotion. And that part of the brain is fully developed. In fact, studies have shown that they can fall in love just as well as any adult in here. The challenge, of course, is that further uh, fMRIs show that the connection between that region and the frontal lobe is not fully developed. No surprise for many of us in here. The frontal lobe is important for many things, higher level functioning, problem solving, but also um, motivation as well as keeping that emotional center in check. In addition to that, we know that um, the hormones are ranging, and so we have an influx of hormones, which is really hard to be able to cope with when we have stressful events. And in addition to that, we have sleep deprivation. So all these come together to really put our teens at risk, especially those who feel stressed and burdened. And what we know about teens is that they experience psychological damage, psychological hurts more than physical injuries. Four risk areas that, psychological risk areas that our teens face. Loneliness. With loneliness, it it, it distorts their thinking and their perceptions. They, They truly believe that the people around them don't care as much as they truly do and they become more withdrawn. So loneliness. Rejection. Rejection is quite painful because they they start to think about the person they're not and the person they wish they could be. In addition to loneliness and rejection, we have I apologize. On a side note, my students would love to have this clock in the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) Failure. With failure, if it's not put in check, and you need to understand how your teen deals with failure, if it's not put in check, they're going to start to believe and be convinced that they're not able to do what it is in front of them. And they may give up too soon or may not try at all. And so we want to make sure and put in check any learned helplessness as well. And then lastly, I think, and I think more damaging, is perseveration. This idea of going through all these psychological hurts in my mind and, and playing them over and over again, or, or, or playing the what ifs. And, and what happens is they expend so much energy with that and distraction that it really starts to wane. It really starts to put pressure and stress on the body. And, and we see the effects of stress impacting areas of memory and motivation. So what about four preventative measures? Family. We know, and we talk about this in the mental health field and in education, we talk about um, resiliency. What is it about a teen, some teens, that are able to sustain the stress or others who can bounce back? So what about resiliency? So family, studies have shown that if there is at least one loving parent that is emotionally connected, emotionally connected, with unconditional love, that those teens do far better than their counterparts. School. School's really important. If a teen feels connected to school and they're part of a program and they feel like they have a future and and goals, they do far better as well. And and they connect with teachers and counselors and other adults that can provide support as well. Peers. Peers are extremely important. Again, we talked about the, the difficulties of loneliness. Peers provide a sounding board. A sounding board and wise counsel at times, but counsel nonetheless, they're not alone. And oftentimes, they're the first line of defense. And many times, I get peers, friends coming in saying, I'm really worried about a friend here. And then lastly, community. What we have found is that research has shown that kids who are involved in youth groups, and if they attend at least one activity a week, are far less likely to struggle with suicidal ideation. So what is an individual teen to do? How do I deal with the stress? How do I deal with the anxiety and the depression? Research out of um, UPenn did a study and they found that for those individuals who took the time, 12 minutes a day, to meditate on a loving God, that there was a change in the brain. We call this neuroplasticity. The environment physically changes the brain. The environment, a stressful environment, physically changes the brain and how we operate biologically. But the inverse is true, too. If we meditate on a loving God, research has shown growth in areas of the brain that help with trust and empathy and love and lower stress as well as increased memory. And then for us, what are we to do? I think the most difficult thing for us, in the next slide, is being available. And I don't think it's enough to be available. I think it's being available with the understanding of, my kid is an irrational being who truly believes and emotes in a very intense way, and I need to relate to where he or she is understanding, being available, and listening. And I think if we make a difference in just one kid, it's well worth it, yeah? Thank you.
1: Um, You can pull the lights up a little bit, Pat. And we're going to finish off this time, actually, with a little bit of Q&A with Coulter. So the topic that he's hitting on is one that some of us are dealing with directly, either because we are teenagers in this room or because you have teenagers. But it's another one that's one—it's an area that many of us probably don't have a lot of expertise in. So whether we are uh, a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, or are a teenager ourselves, what is it that we're supposed to do? How do, we, uh, how do we deal with some of these stressors that are on these kids? Coulter hit on it a little bit, but um, I'd love to take some questions that you would have for somebody like him who has worked with teenagers for so many years, and, um, and you know just take about five minutes to do that. But I'm gonna start with the first question, which is you've worked with so many kids. Um, what are some of the mistakes that, that adults make when trying to interact with kids, whether it's their own or some other kid? It's
0: understandable, but I think that the, uh, one of the things that, um, that I see often is that we see, and no offense to my teens in here, but we see teens as um, adults, a- and they are adult in body form, but they really do think and emote very differently. And I think a lot of times they don't feel like they're being taken seriously because to many of us it's irrational. Um, it is subjective, I think, if you think of it that way. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest thing I see often.
1: Um, questions out there, questions that you would have for Coulter, for dealing with teenagers, for suicide and stress that they're under anyone if you have them out there someone in the back, you can just holler yes, go ahead (laughs)
0: So, other than a padded room, um, I I learned two words early on, um, regardless and nevertheless, which helps really de-escalate things. Um, So regardless, nevertheless, you know, everyone else, you know, regardless, nevertheless. I think the other thing is um, I can choose not to fight. If I understand that this is someone who's coming at me very upset and tense. I don't have to go there, and we may need to kind of come back. So I have to be the adult there, and yes, that's very challenging. After a long day at work, and they don't appreciate me. And again, really, again, um, I think part of the challenge. I think part of the challenge is the inconsistency. You know, there can be moments of lucidity and rationality, and you're like, "We've made it." <laughs> Only for five minutes to go by and be like, "I cannot believe they just did or said that." It is just part of the beast. Um, And so I think you just, we have to be the adult. We have to pull back. What are my buttons, triggers? My kids know mine, but I also know them. And I can, I need to take care of me. And if I do that, and then the other is I don't, and I don't be lengthy here, um, I don't parent out of fear or anxiety. And I can. And so I need to rely on God and Holy Spirit and just prayerfully. I mean, we didn't talk about prayer, but praying for and over your kid's room don't do it when they're there they freak out but but um (laughs) but that i I has been i can testify that's been really helpful any other questions another question yes
1: Yeah, study out of university. So hold on. That the question is about the 12 minutes uh, of meditation on a loving God. How does that um, affect the brain and positively and the resources for that?
0: Sure. So it's uh, a study out of UPenn. Uh, they actually did it on um, 65-year-old adults. Why? Because neuroplasticity, we know, uh, happens a little easier when we're younger. So what about older folks? So it was actually done on older. So it's for all of us dealing with anxiety, stress, pressure that we slow down, breathe deep, meditate, um, and and I would encourage you all to take the 30-day challenge. Uh, 12 minutes a day on a loving God. There were other groups, control groups, groups that focused on a, a callous or a cold or distant God. No changes. University of Pennsylvania...
1: What can you do? Yeah, give to I don't know that I've
0: I don't know that it's out of a particular book, but um, um, God-shaped brain might be one. Um, there's a psychiatrist out of um, Tennessee that he's done a lot of work with this and um, gosh.
1: And and really I think the question she's asking really boils down to if you could open didn't, up the Bible I didn't I didn't make it up. For promise. a day.
0: No, no, I'm, no. I'm teasing. Oh. I'm teasing.
1: God-shaped brain. I,
0: I show um, a couple of videos of this gentleman who does it. You'll find it at YouTube.
1: And uh, teens, teens really resonate with that. So, Colter, I'm going to close us with one last question sure. for you, which is you have spent more than 25 years working with teenagers. Some people think that's crazy. Why do you do it? Well, I haven't grown up myself, as my <laughs>
0: wife might attest. But, um, you know, I, I see I, I, maybe part of it is it's like... Um, a software program. You know, you look at an, an individual, there's a, a program that runs, um, and we all have different operating systems. Some need major upgrades, uh, some have patches. And, and so I find it challenging and rewarding, and there's a lot of energy. You came by and had a school lunch with me uh, the was, other day and sat, and sat in class.
1: Fairfax County Public School Lunch is fantastic.
0: Well, and what was your take on the? Fun being it was in the classroom?
1: It was fun. They have a lot of energy and uh, they're all over the place, and um, yeah. it's, it's a great environment.
0: And no one class is ever the same year in and year out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome, uh, thank Coulter Weaver for sharing with us.